Welcome to the Flourish Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode as we learn, grow, and flourish together as a community of women. Hello, this is Penny. Thanks for being with me today. Uh, I found something rather interesting today. Uh, I had just finished preparing the last podcast where I shared about Jeremiah and where the Lord had said in Jeremiah 6.16, stand by the ways and see and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. And I went on to talk about the need for understanding the nature and heart of God toward us so that we could indeed pick the good path. But later on during that day, I found myself turning on the Give Him 15 podcast with Dutch Sheets, which I don't always listen to, but amazingly, he quoted the exact same verses that I had previously shared in, and used in my podcast. So I wanted to elaborate a bit, even based on what he had spoken of uh, during his podcast. And he shared Jeremiah six fourteen and 15, where Jeremiah talks about how leaders even have superficially healed the brokenness of the people, of God's people, by telling them, peace, peace, when there really is no peace. In other words, all's well. Just keep living the way you are. No problem. It's all good. And not addressing things in people's lives or just sin overarchingly. And the people he's addressing here were not ashamed of their sin at all. As a matter of fact, he says, they even lost the ability to blush anymore. They didn't know how to be embarrassed. They didn't know how to feel bad about it. They were completely hard-hearted in their sin. All during these verses, the Lord is offering them a way of recovery. But Israel rejected God's offer. And because of that, they ended up going into a prolonged season of judgment. Now, Dutch, having a very strong heart for America, was comparing these sections from Jeremiah to where we are right now as a nation. And while this section of the Bible and Dutch, they were address, addressing the nation, it certainly begins with and applies to us as individuals also. And this whole section of scripture applies to us as individuals. He was speaking of how we have abandoned the old ways and the old road, and how we are sinking quickly as a people, which is pretty obvious if you look around, if you're observant at all. And he goes on to share that January 31st, which is actually tomorrow for me right now, but it will have passed when you listen to this podcast, has been designated as a day of repentance for our nation to be held in D.C. I think he mentioned that this was the second annual um, day of Repentance. It's organized by uh, Tony Perkins and James Garlow. And he was talking about how solemn an event it is and how people come together and just repent and pray for repentance for our nation. And in his podcast, he says, how do we find our way back? How can we do it? And the answer, he says, of course, is humility and repentance. And so I thought after I listened to his 
message that I wanted to add a few thoughts to my previous podcast. I had spoken of, and I completely believe, that understanding the nature and character of God is foundational to finding and choosing the right path, the good path, the ancient path, where the good way is. I believe our perspective of God will always determine our heart's response. But I also believe that while God's resume in Exodus 34, 6 through 7, is clear when it says, The Lord God is compassionate and gracious. He is slow to anger. He's abounding in loving kindness and truth. He keeps loving kindness for thousands. He forgives iniquity, transgressions, and sin. But it goes on to say that he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished, visiting the iniquity of fathers on the children and grandchildren to the third and fourth generations. Wow. So God is incredibly clear on his loving kindness toward us and all that that contains. That's a pretty phenomenal word, and it really covers a lot of territory. But he's also clear that he doesn't ignore or slough off a cavalier attitude about sin. In Jeremiah, it's referenced by saying, again, they don't even know how to blush anymore. They had a cavalier attitude about sin. Now, if you know me very well and you've listened to me speak at all, I'm very big on talking about the finished work of Christ. What he did on the cross. And when we throw ourselves on his faithfulness and mercy, we can live under his smile every day. I believe that. I pursue that. That's, that's how I attempt to live my life. However, we can never stop being circumspect about our attitudes, our choices, and our relationships. There's always a call to be holy as he is holy. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And he tells us in his word to be conformed to his image. There are many, many more references that call us to that place. These aren't mere suggestions or, oh, I wish you would. They're commands. They're not optional. So this paradigm that we live in, that requires us to understand that without abiding in his love and his grace, we will find it impossible to choose the ancient good way. We will always fall short. We have to learn to live within this paradigm that he's called us to a holy place. He's called us to, the Bible even says at one point, be perfect. Now, we know we can't truly be perfect, but to strive to follow his heart and to be conformed to his image, we're called to that. But yet, we can't do it. We're weak. We're desperate people. We are created to be led by his spirit and to cling closely to him, to abide under his shadow, to find our help in him and his word. So we have these two things at work where we are called to a high standard, 
but yet we're desperate, needy people. So it's a mystery of understanding how grace or God's ability and obedience response to his commands work simultaneously in us as we are learning and growing in him. It's it's two pieces of the puzzle that work together. We're moving forward. The, we're striving to enter into his rest. That's I love that section of, of the Bible in Hebrews where he talks about there's a striving that takes place, but are we striving to legalistically do all these things? No, we're striving into to enter into this place of rest where we're fully leaning on him and we know that he is good and he will help us. So as things like are deteriorating around us and people are falling away, they're falling aside, they're choosing the wrong road so often, we have to encourage one another not to fall short and to keep pursuing the good way, the way that brings us rest. Hebrews 3.13 says, but encourage or another translation says, warn one another daily, as long as it's called today, as long as we still have time left, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. That's what happened in Jeremiah. They had become hardened. They didn't know how to blush. They didn't care anymore. And it cost them dearly because they had allowed their hearts to become hard and stiff. And they were they lost their ability to be tender-hearted and to to repent even when we find ourselves on the wrong road return repent when we realize we're holding on to a grudge we need to return we need to repent and choose forgiveness when we see that we're judging others in our minds and in our attitudes we need to return repent and allow humility to take the place of judgment. When we're full of fear that's keeping us from doing what, what God's called us to do in our lives and in our, our different ministries or just in our day-to-day relational dynamics. When we're full of fear, we need to return, repent, and allow God to bring courage back to our hearts. Repentance is not a negative thing. It's just a part of living life among people in our current state, which is frail. We're frail. We're fallen. We're a fallen people. We're a fallen world. We've been redeemed, but we still have frailties, that, and we need to keep turning from sin and back to him. Repentance is a part of life. Embrace it. Don't run from it. it it's our friend. Really, it is. I want you to just take a minute. We're going to close soon, but Think about a scenario in your mind. I want you to just think about perhaps a grown son or daughter if you have one. Just kind of imagine they're making bad choices. They keep falling perhaps into the same propensity or sin in an area. Imagine that they're struggling in certain ways. They've even decided that they know better than you and they don't need your advice anymore. They don't need your standards. But repentance or changing their mind about something that's not helping them, but it's actually hurting them, and realizing that they want a much better plan and outcome, would that be a negative or a miserable thing for them or a wonderful thing? Would it be something that's life-giving or destructive? 
positive or negative? Would you be thrilled or angry if they decided that they wanted to choose a better way and they came and told you so? Would you be resentful or begrudging or retaliatory or would you be embracing, thankful, and gracious? Now, if you would respond in the embracing and gracious, thankful way, how do you think God responds when we return? How do you think he feels? What does he do in response to your returning and choosing the good ancient road or path, even when you had been not doing so well up until that point? I mean, who knows the kind of things we do at times that certainly aren't pleasing to God. I'm in that boat at times as well. But what do you think God thinks? If you want the answer to that, read Luke 15. He gives us an illustration and see how that plays out. In that story, the father's son had made some very bad choices, probably much more severe than we realize as we read that story. He had rejected his father in a very deep way. But when he decides he's going to return or repent, before he even gets to the door, before he gets the word out, the father begins to run toward him. I think God shows us that parable for a lot of different reasons, but one of them is that we would understand that God will run toward our willingness to return or to repent. Just as the father in the story embraced He restored. He blessed his son who returned. He is illustrating our father's heart. Returning or repenting is a good thing. Don't be afraid of it. It's our part. His part is to help us from there. As we realize we're desperate and we humble ourselves, he'll meet us. He'll embrace us. Just like the prodigal son father did, he'll take us in his arms and he will help us. Because I promise you, I can't do it without his help. I'm constantly aware that I'm a desperate person, that I desperately need him just to do day-to-day life. And I think he's pleased with that. He's happy that I know how much I need him and how much I hold on to him just to help me just face face things, face life, do the day-to-day relational things even that I have to do, to have courage, to choose well. I need him. I talk to him. I ask for his help. I speak his word over my life. I need him. So don't be afraid to repent. Don't be afraid to return. If you're in a place even now where you need to return, you need to run back into his arms, please do so. Don't wait any longer. Just say, Father, I'm coming. I'm returning. I need you. I need you. I need you. And I'm not ashamed to say so. I will never allow my heart to become hardened so that I don't even blush at sin. But I will hold on to you with everything I have and stay close to your loving kindness and your heart toward me. Father, I just pray that you would help us, each and every one of us, Lord, to always remember that we are desperate for you and that we can always return. 
We can return and return and return again. And you will hold on to us, Lord. You have done everything you could do and given us everything we need that pertain to life and godliness. And now it's incumbent upon us to hold fast to that and to return to it again and again. So help us, Lord. Even now, just touch people individually, speak to their hearts, give them courage, give them hope, let them know you love them and you're waiting for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for being with us today. Love you. Thanks for listening to the Flourish Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. For more information about Flourish, our annual conference, or to join our community of women, visit nrpflourish.com. See you next time.